Welcome to the Mountain Misfits podcast, where we share our outdoor life together with you. I'm Rad, and this is... Vida. And we are hikers and fitness fiends. She might be a little bit more of a fitness fiend than I am. <laughs> I'm a novice, even though I did a little run today. We're nature lovers and life partners who share an outdoor lifestyle. We share everything. We share everything. everything. Oh, oh. <laughs> everything minus the computer stuff. I Hands am, off my computer. I'm a little bit of a Luddite. A little bit. A little bit. And this guy is very good with computers <laughs> and everything technical. Well, I hope so. I hope I'm a little technical. Uh, that was kind of your job for like 10 years. It was my job <laughs> for 10 years. Hell, they sent you to England. They sent me to jolly old England. <laughs> I don't, so you better know what you're doing. I better know what I'm doing. Otherwise, I'm good at just... Uh, fibbing. Fibbing. Just Fibonacci. Right What's the here. saying? Um, if you can't... Uh, oh, if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, brilliance baffle them with the bullshit. Bullshit. So you went all the way to England and, and baffled, baffled them. Baffled. Baffled <laughs> for weeks. Makes sense. Yeah. So let's not baffle these fine people with bullshit. Let's talk about what's going on with us and being outside and what's coming up. So weird today. It was 51 degrees February 1st. Can you believe that? Well, well, let's take it one step back and say yesterday, January 31st, felt like spring. So that puts spring in the middle of January, which is very hard for me to account to fathom that's 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 close yes there's just i know that we're gonna get big dumps of of snow here at the end of february or early march right but it's just nice to see a little glimpse of hope (laughs) we are getting hope but you know the problem is our hopes are always gonna be dashed because we'll get we'll get like this day and then we'll get a dump of snow. Well, you know what? I had not seen the sun in quite a long time. Yeah. So this was, this definitely was hopeful to me. It was worth it. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So what we did was I, I, I woke up, the birds were chirping. I opened the windows, let the air, air, air. Let the fresh air. <laughs> and then I did spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. And then you and I went, we playing, went outside. playing in the mountain. We did. But before we get to that, uh-huh. should we do a little bit of news? Mm-hmm. I have the news, and she'll have the views. All right. That's how we're going to do this. So the first bit of news is hikers are being told to forego their Appalachian Trail this summer. Why? Uh, because of COVID. Uh, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy is advising through hikers to not go this year because of COVID. Uh, the shelters in the towns and the facilities that those hikers use along their 2,200 mile trip yeah. just are not set up for COVID. They have no way of dealing with it. They can't keep them, uh, what do they call that, uh, the distance. So you're saying the accommodations can't uh, um, accommodate COVID Handle. basically because, right. you know, six feet apart and all that is just not, yeah. And they're sleeping in these shelters yes. and they're literally on top of each other. It makes complete sense. Yeah. So they're telling them all to uh, 
not do their through hike. You can't stop people from doing it, but they're advising, advising people to not do it. I say take that seriously because Red and I have recently had COVID and it was not fun. And I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, take that advice seriously and stay safe. It definitely. So that's. I mean, it's not like it's the only hike in you know in the entire country. Right. Well, you can do other hikes. You're just saying it's the through trip where you're you have the shelter. System. Oh, it's not. It's just through trip too. You can have a daytime. You can do day hikes and overnight day. Mm -hmm. It's just you know, it, like I said, it's just these trips where the people are going to be in shelters together. Okay. At in these small towns, using the laundromat, using the post office, right. this sort of thing. But. I'm going to say that that shouldn't be a problem with hikers or real hikers. Well, I think through because, hikers are real hikers. Well, but. no, no, no. Uh, there's hikers. There's the person who hikes three miles uh, somewhere flat and calls mm -hmm. themselves a hiker. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there's someone who basically lives in the mountains yeah. and does through trips. That's also a hiker. So what I'm trying to say is real hikers... People that are more hardcore, well, if three miles is three miles still, right? But um, I think the label hiker should be reserved for people that are a little bit more fanatic about it and making sacrifices, busting their asses, right. and blah, 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 blah. But I was, this is what I was going to try, try to tell you, that I don't think that would be a problem with hikers because hikers... Uh, are used to making make do with the bare minimum. They have to be flexible. Right. They have to be amenable. So when this heat news hits, I'm sure well, I think they won't be distraught. The same thing happens here. I think the Appalachian Trail, you know, these people are real hikers. They're mega hikers. But there's 2,200, there's 2,000 of them on the trail at the same time, and they all have the same timing. So you're just going to be in close contact with these people. You're just not going to get away from so, people. So that definitely takes away from the experience if I'm surrounded by yeah. 2,000. I mean, it just feels like I'm in Costco, open air Costco. <laughs> I'm sure you have moments of seclusion on that trail. It's so long, but it seems. But every night you're with people at every yeah. campsite. But in one thing, in in the West, in the Rocky Mountains, you know, I think that. You should be really careful this summer. If even if you're in a backcountry spot and someone else is there, yeah, you don't have to be buddies. Yeah, you know you can go as far away on a designated campsite, or if it's a backcountry situation, situation, uh, back just get as <laughs> far away from those people as you can. So you were planning through trips for us through Glacier, mm -hmm. and that's the point. Do you? Uh, have the same advice for us? Do you, have you changed your mind about doing that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I, I think we're still good. But we can distance because we're not, one, we don't have those shelters like they do on the East Coast. Yeah. It's open air. You can, you can you know, you can pitch your tent 20 feet away from somebody, 100 feet away from somebody and get away from them. And you and I, when we hike, we're definitely not close to somebody. We are very antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> So, I think before we go to the second news story, all right, we should crack this. I agree. So what? What we, took us so long? Uh, what do they call that? Uh, delayed gratification. De delayed gratification. So this is uh, a crawler. 
which is a 32 ounce can of beer. So a crowler is something between a can and a growler, hence right. crowler. Yep. I do. like it. And this is their burnt fork scotch ale. Superb. So we'll do a we'll do the sounds of beer porn. If that's a scotch ale, I bet we have a chocolate to uh, to go with it. No, no, just say no. No. Why do you do that? <laughs> like they're not gonna see it. Oh no! Here, no. Uh, scotch ale. You think it would pair well with chocolate? But it doesn't. It does. It's a little too peaty. There's some. There's kind of an earth. It just doesn't work. I've never and. And in most of the pairings, uh, people say don't do a chocolate. Now, if this was a stout, yeah, definitely would pair with chocolate. Definitely, hmm. definitely. Stout. Uh, I don't understand. If we bake with scotch ales, which mm -hmm. we have, we yeah. made cookies and whatnot. Right. Um, it's baked goods, sweets. Scotch ales cook really sweet. Cook really nice because they don't have a lot of hops. Yeah. So they go sweet as they evaporate. Yeah. But the taste itself, as a beer, it's a good baking. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't. So it sweetens up really well when you cook with scotch ale because it has a high sugar content to start Malt. with. Malt, yeah. Right. And it doesn't have a lot of hops, which is when you cook, hops get bitter. Yeah. So that's why you cook with the scotch ale a lot. All right. So we can't pair it with chocolate because? Um, one, I don't know which chocolates to pair it with because I haven't oh, had it. Oh, that's the fun of it. <laughs> but i think we'll 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 do a second you know what we should do yeah the next episode right before valentine's how about we have some chocolates and a pairing i agree i think that would be the way to go absolutely all right well chin chin let's taste this <clears throat> what do you think smooth it is really smooth. Mildly sweet. Um, low on um, ABV. Nope. Deceptive. Yeah. It's a uh, 7.2. Uh, what's the other acronym I'm looking for? IBU. IBU. Very yeah. low on IBU. Yes. Because I am quite sensitive to the bitterness of hops. Mm -hmm. I always, you know, find, uh, detect them in every beer. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a goose egg. Mm. I have no problem with that. Thank you for not there. putting a shit ton of hops in this beer. Well, I, was, <laughs> I was looking for some. And it's funny, I tried their hazy and I was going, nope, she won't like this. Yeah. Ooh, it was super hoppy. So it was more like IPA. It was more than... like an IPA. Yeah. You ready for the second story? I am ready. This is uh, where I get my botanizing geek moment on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 2020, 156 new plants and fungi were described to science. In what? In 2020. Yeah, last year. 156 new plants and fungi were described. Okay. So they were discovered and no one, no one knew they existed. Well, science didn't know they existed. All right. But one of them is called the ugliest orchid in the world. Is that possible? It is. I love orchids, but this thing is from uh, Madagascar, and it's called Gastrodidae agincellus. It's Latin. I can... I'm terrible. Yeah. I, 
There's no right way. <laughs> yeah. But it's a little tiny orchid. It's only about a centimeter. Yeah. And it's a little pale green, ugly thing that, that, that's an epiphyte. So it doesn't have roots. It grows in the trees, on the oh, trees, okay. but doesn't pair it. But uh, how this orchid makes its living is it puts off a grotesque, foul odor for flies. So flies pollinate it. Flies think that it's would, something it, rotten. Flies think it's shit. Shit or rotten or and to attract the flies, which is stinky to us. Yeah, and it said fleshy. So I think that means like rotten, rotten meat. Smell. Oh, like rotten human body? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That is definitely gross. So it's this little it's like a it's like a thumb of a of a toenail of an orchid. It's really ugly. Which look. probably smells like a toenail. It probably smells ah. like yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that little tidbit. <laughs> you, you wanted to know about yeah, that. Yes, exactly. The, yeah. <laughs> Good thing you gave me a little bit of beer beforehand. You do need a drink before you hear about a rotten flesh orchid. I guess it's not that bad, but you know. It is. I had bad. expectations when I heard orchid. <laughs> I know you think pretty, and I think mm, delicate. Flowers, wild, wilderness, outdoors, blah blah blah. We're not having any of that with this thing. Not this one. Okay, all right. But you know what? I'm curious about the what it looks like, though. Just oh, for myself. Uh, we will put a link to the article on mountainmisfits.com, so people can see the orchid for themselves. That sounds good to me. So, you want some political news? You want to dip a toe in the politics? Let's go for it. You know what? I have not kept up with politics last weekend and a half, and I feel like I'm completely out of the loop. You know, once uh, Trump was out of the office, I just checked out, like, you know, adults are in the White House, you know, mm -hmm. it's, we're good, we're fine, the uh, clowns are gone. So, I am completely out of the loop, that's what I'm trying to say. Which you're, I already said. You're happily out of the loop, though. Yeah, because before I was holding my breath and watching, mm -hmm. right? So now I am, yeah, happily because I'm just thinking, it just what's the worst case thing that could possibly go wrong, right? Right. It, could, it can't get worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already had the worst of the worst. So whatever this is, it's going to be better. Well, this is positive news about the new administration. I like that. So when Joseph Biden took office last Wednesday, one of his first executive orders reversed the Trump decision to reduce the size of Bears Ears and, and Grand Staircase Escalante. So it awesome. reestablished to the former boundaries of Very those cool. national monuments, which is awesome. But this is actually only part of his plan. Part of his plan is to have 30% of U.S. lands yeah. and ocean protected by 2030. All right. Which is great because right now only 12% of our land is in so any way protected. So he wants to, he's being doubled, more than Almost doubled. triple. Triple. Almost triple. That's pretty aggressive. Very cool. So maybe now that like some of the, like, you know, here in Montana and the West, some of these wilderness study areas and these roadless, roadless areas. Yes finally do get some real protection yeah. from development. I think that would be awesome. Very. Well, considering the number of uh, uh, immigrants 
immigrants, not immigrants, mm-hmm. uh, entering our state, that's definitely is a concern, you know. Right, we're getting more and more people. And they're rich and they can basically buy anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And what what are we left with? What, two, yeah. three trails? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and think about, you know, Oh, and they're not even here to enjoy it. They, you know, they buy yeah. the house and they fucking leave. Yeah. Well, and like one of our favorite places, uh, the Great Burn area. Yeah. Has no designation. It's not roadless. It's not, well, it is roadless by virtue that it has no roads, but it's not designated as a wilderness studied area. It's not designated as a wilderness. Yeah. So it doesn't have any real protection. It just uh-huh. happens to be in a in a native wild state. Okay. So maybe Great Burn finally gets to become a wilderness area, which is something that's been long time coming. Um. I have to admit, when I heard Great Burn, my mind went to beer automatically. So I was trying to figure out how Biden's plan <laughs> affects Great Burn <laughs> And then you talked about wilderness. I'm going, well, <laughs> I was yeah. trying to figure out how the brewery is so was yeah, wild. Yeah, Mike, Mike and the gang are going to be a designated wilderness area. Just the bar. <laughs> but then I thought, well, there's a little bit of trees and a little park to that. <laughs> Oh, okay. I see it. Which is, which is, so back to uh, the topic. So that, I think it's a super ambitious plan. I really hope they can pull that off. Yes. Because when you only hear that only 12% of lands in the U.S. have any form of protection. Yeah. That's a, and you know, we are in the middle of a biodiversity crisis. Yes. In the U.S., we have lost one third of our birds. That's very Since sad. Since the 1970s. That's very sad. Could you imagine this even 30 years ago, how much more full the skies were? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I do have a question, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, beings, humans, birds, animals, wildlife, they evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Uh have they evolved fast enough to keep up with uh, uh, what we're doing as humans? I mean, they, with the way we're breaking things down? I would say this. They haven't evolved fast enough because it just hasn't been. A, it, we're, this is so rapid. Yeah, we're talking yeah. a period of 150 years. Precisely. Over, I thought know. that. But some animals are super adaptable. Yes, I so know. So you have animals like coyotes are flourishing. Yep. Because they can sneak in and around and through the margins of people and be just fine. Yeah. Um, you know, some species are doing really well. I heard can... about, I was reading about birds. I think this one wasn't a corvette. It was a pigeon that mm-hmm. was uh, collecting cigarette butts and making a little house and a little nest for itself. Using <laughs> cigarette butts? Yeah. 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 And, oh. It wasn't because the material was just handy and available. The uh, the toxins from cigarette butts would keep out insects and mites. And mites. Mm-hmm. So, so it was actually working in the pigeon's advantage for very good right. reasons. It was it was protective, you know. Well, nicotine uh, has been used as a pesticide for a long time. I did not know that. Yeah, so it makes a lot of sense that you look for a smoked cigarette butt. It's full of nicotine. Throw in the nest. All right. Which is very cool to hear, but I imagine this that doesn't uh, generalize or expand to a lot more 
birds. You know, just a few yeah. can adapt as quick yeah. as, you know, Same some. Thing with mammals. I mean, you know, if you're a coyote, you've done really well for yourself. If you're a rabbit, you've done pretty well with yourself with people. Yeah. If you're a wolverine, you're not doing so well. You need space and distance yeah. from people. Yeah. You don't you don't dig uh, on the humans. I still haven't seen one wolverine in Montana. It <laughs> it has eluded me in the past 15 years that I've lived here. In nearly 49 years with a lot of time out, how many wolverines have I seen? You've seen a couple. Oh no. Fisher I've seen a couple. Oh. Wolverine one. How many are in the state, if you had to guesstimate? If you don't know, mm. what's the guesstimate? Somewhere between 500 and 1,000. Oh. Maybe, maybe lower than that. Yeah. Uh, wolverines have, like, really Big territories. Huge, well, not only... And they do something really weird. Not only do they have, like, distinct territories, because they kind of do. Yeah. But they overlap. But, like, wolverines will just cover massive amounts of distance every day why just looking for food to just cover ground uh is their food so scarce that they need to cover a large area well they are because wolverines make a lot of their business finding dead things Mm -hmm. you know they'll take they'll they'll predate also but they also find a lot of carrion Tell me what wolverines eat, actually. I do not know that. Yeah, they, well, uh, they'll, you know, along their way, they'll eat plenty of rodents, birds, bird eggs that they can find it, rabbits that they can get them, ground squirrels. They love ground squirrels. Uh, but then the other part of their diet is a lot of kill. So they, they rely on bigger predators to make a kill. Then the wolverine comes we'll in. We'll go follow, yeah. Come clean in there, up. clean up. Like a wolverine, they're the ones who will break a lot of the bones to get the marrow. Right. You know, they're, you know, they're they're not. They're, unlike that orchid, they're not they're not rotten meat things. Yeah. But they are very fresh. You know, go to it right away and and, and get a kill or a moose leg. All if, right. If they can get it. All right, and we don't have enough of that in Montana. Well. Just that lifestyle requires a lot of roaming, right? Because you're almost kind of lucking into things. Okay. So you got to move a lot, right? It's like to, you're scavenging. Yes. You're, I got to cover a lot of ground to find what I need every day. Okay, now that makes complete sense. Yeah. Because the mountain lion does not send a memo to Wolverine and say, come clean up. I got leftovers for you. Right. right? I made a kill. I half buried yeah, it the yes. way cats yeah, yeah. do. Then the Wolverine comes and finds it. Okay, so it it's and... it's up to the Wolverine to mm -hmm. find it. And in fact, there was a Wolverine. It was really a famous one, but uh, it was it was in Glacier. But the Wolverine, in a single day, they had a uh, GPS tracked, mm -hmm. and I may be totally off on the numbers, but the spirit is there. I think he covered something like fifty miles. And did 17,000 vertical feet. He oh. went up and over the Continental Divide mm -hmm. in a day trip. No trail. I mean, this isn't, there isn't a trail. There, I mean, he's going up and over and through the cliffs and down the other side. So they're just amazing creatures. So, but they also don't like people. They don't, they don't dig on people. So. I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't blame them either. <laughs> But, you know, they're just one of those creatures, and now if you get more people out there, yeah, 
there's issues. And we won't even talk about the off-road and the off-roaders and the sled necks. Fuck them. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll save the mayonnaise militia for another day. <laughs> All right? So, another piece of good news. Yeah. Good. Uh, spring. It's starting to feel spring. You feeling a little bucky? You kind of getting some ideas, some plans for this upcoming season? And I certainly am. What are some of your plans? I want to hear what some of your ideas are that you're kind of excited for, things you want to do. Oh, I've been thinking about Glacier National Park for a couple of days now. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like my all-time favorite place in the entire state, mm-hmm. which we didn't get to see last year. So the anticipation has we built up. Did, we did, too. We saw it on December 30th. <laughs> we did a little <laughs> bit. Um, that's the only thing I've been thinking about mm-hmm. lately. But you have plans for us to go out of state. I do. I think uh, a trip or two or three to Utah and a little in Arizona, the Grand Canyon, the Canyonlands area. I would love to go there. I think uh, we're going to take desert people to the desert. Yeah, for the first time. I am desert people who's been living in um, rough, cold climates, Nordic climates for the oh, past, yeah. what, 20 whatever years. Right. I still have not adjusted. You're still not there, huh? No. Nope, nope. So I get those kind of plans. Uh, I definitely want, there's a trail on the Olympic Peninsula that I'm really itching to do on an overnight trip. That's Uh, a close one to us. So that would be easy to get out of the way. Yeah. Tell me, what is it? Well, there is a trip that starts at Rialto Beach. Remember Rialto Beach? I do. Uh, you start there, but you actually hike on the beach and you go up and you're actually roadless. There's no roads, but you're like 10 or 11 miles of all beach hiking. And then you say you got an overnight tent spot. I think you pointed it out to me. You point. Yeah. When we were there. All right. Sign me up. That's, that's high my list. I think it'd be really cool. This, well, we did that one. Remember the one, it was car camping, but you remember when we camped right next to the ocean? Yeah, we did. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the campsite. We just lucked into it. Yeah, we did. And I can't remember the name of it. But it was car camp, but it was really cool to wake up in the morning and hear the waves, you know. Yeah. So that that's in my plans. Um, we, you know, everything also is COVID dependent, you know. Yeah. On things. But we're a little bit more independent this year because we're going to buy a rooftop tent. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, you know, we're not... Um, hustling to get the to a camp spot or find a spot to sleep when it's too cold and it's going to make pirate camping if we have to wink wink nudge nudge it's going to make pirate camping much easier yeah pull up in the dark unfold the tent yeah it's just that worst case scenario wouldn't be too bad right. you know well it never it wasn't as bad but when you have a tent like the one night we spent in the paved parking lot. Yeah, yeah we. And that wasn't cool. That I was okay with it because we were safe. With the mm. you know the place we were at before was definitely not safe. So you need to describe. You want to talk place. about that? You want to talk about that night, or should we leave it for another? Well, we, I think we might as well do it. What are you? Okay, so we were in Bozeman. Uh, we had done Beehive Basin. At Big Sky. Up by Big Sky and had a great day. And then we were looking for a camp spot. Everything was filled. And so we kept going down the Galton Valley, down the Galton River. Campsites filled. Campsites Campsites filled. filled. Campsites filled. 
And then we started desperation as it was getting dark. And this was towards, this was in September, so it was getting kind of chilly at night. Yeah. And we go one spot we can't find. And then we go all the way up towards Highlight Reservoir. And we go up this road. And I thought, well, we can go up this road. We'll find a turnout. Nobody's going to be driving this road tonight. Yeah. We get up there. We find a little turnout. We find a flat spot. We set up our tent. Pull everything out. Set we up the tent. Pump up the mattress. Get the food out. <laughs> get the chairs out. <laughs> everything. We crawl into the tent. And there we are, we're ready to go to bed, and all of a sudden, headlights. Vroom. Then more headlights. Vroom. Then, vroom, vroom, vroom. And the road is two feet from the side of the tent. Yeah. We got more cars, more cars. And then pretty soon, we figured out it was the college kid crew was going up above us to have a party. Yes. And our uh, disc discretion. Yeah told us that uh, they're going to be drunk and coming down this way, and we're two feet off of the road yeah. in the dark in a tent. Not safe. So we threw everything back in the car, back into the car drove all the way back down the road to where it was paved, and there was a uh, a stock area for, like, horse trailers and, yeah. and off-road trailers, and we slept on a paved parking lot in the corner. Too bad, honestly. First of all, we have a very good mattress. It doesn't yeah. matter where oh, we're on; it's always soft. But you know, I think my main concern was staying safe. And yeah, it was better. And so it was just nice to be able to get a good night's sleep, not worried about your skull getting crushed. <laughs> yeah, with a passing drunk college kid. Yeah. Speaking of safe. Yeah. So we have had a couple spring-like days. Uh, but there is one danger that we're dealing with all the time. We have half mud, half ice, wet ice. The trails are so slick right now. They are. So. Which is why we have yak tracks. So you are a big yak tracks proponent. I certainly am. I should be an advocate for yak tracks. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I don't know if you guys know, but I grew up in Iran, in Esfahan, Iran. So that's right in the center of the country, uh, which is desert. So I grew up not seeing snow, not knowing what ice is. Uh, <laughs> so now that I live in the West, uh, I am still not comfortable on ice. I don't like slipping. I don't want to fall. <laughs> I just hate it. No matter how many times I practice, you know, get out of your comfort zone and all that stuff. Mm, I still don't like it. I mean, I'll get out of my comfort zone, but I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> right. I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I would like to have yak tracks on my shoes. So I can actually walk a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. And it's been working just fine, what I have. Beautifully. It has been working out better. Yes. Yeah, the yak track. And you even ditched the uh, tracking poles, yeah. I've noticed. You just went with just straight yak tracks. Well, the tracking poles is just one more thing for in, in my hands. I like to have my hands free. So, mm -hmm. you know, if I need something, if I see something pretty, I want to be able to pull my pull out of my bag, go like this, right? Mm -hmm. then. You know, put the pole down and then walk away. Oh, shit, I forgot the pole. Go back, grab it and all mm -hmm. that. Yeah, the pole is really not um, 
Not your not your jam, not your favorite. It's not. No, no, no. Yeah. So, uh, I have you know some another brand of they're essentially yak tracks. It's just a different brand, but there are times I forget. Yes. Yak tracks, and I was I was I was going to give everybody out there my big tip. I yes, you should. It's very handy. So I've had it where I've gone out and I've walked up the ice just fine. Yeah. And I'm coming down, and now I've already fallen on my fat tuckus four or five times, and I'm getting sick of this. Yeah. And you know what I would have done? Huh. Just swallow your ego, (laughs) sit down, and slide on your ass down the trail. (laughs) I've seen her do it. (laughs) So, uh, but my big trick is, if you're ever in that situation. Yeah. Take off your boots. Mm-hmm. Take off your socks. Put your boots back on. Put your socks. Now you're sacrificing the socks. Yeah, you this. are. Put your socks over your boots. Yeah. You will not slip. You know, hiking shoes are bulky. Mm-hmm. Would you tear through your sock? You might, but... You just need to get it on. You know what you can do? Instead of slipping it on, you could do a band-aid around your shoe with a sock. You could do something like that if you could tie it. But I have traction a little bit in the front. But it's actually really amazing how much you just you wouldn't think cloth, but that actually gives you a ton of traction on the ice. Yep. So that's my little tip. You also have another tip. I got another tip? Yes, you do. What's my other tip? Um, remember, uh, when we had our friend, uh, oh, visiting from California and we took him to Weir. Yes. What was your solution? So another little trick, if someone's not willing to take off their boot and sacrifice their sock. Or maybe they don't even have a sock. You can break off boughs of preferably cedar. Yeah. Or any kind of conifer that's dense. And what you do is you put the branch on the ground and step on the branch. Put the next branch on the ground, step on the branch. Or you could just uh, you tie it around your shoe. Yeah. We did We did the thing. I've had it where I've grabbed both ends of it and just kind of wobbled. Oh, that's... It works as well. But that tree branch trick in a pinch, if you only have to go just a, couple a quarter feet. mile or what, it's like a not that long, not worth sacrificing, yeah. especially my socks because they're $15 a pair because that's how I roll. <laughs> Balea. I roll big time. We, you and I both love that brand. Yeah, it's a great brand. It certainly is. It's I, worth your money. I think I might slide on my butt rather than sacrifice socks. But I'm saying Same in here. a pinch, you can do the the cedar bow trick. Yeah. Or the sock over the shoe trick. And they both seem to work. I totally forgot about doing that with the cedar bow. Mm-hmm. Which I think is... Uh... For some reason, it's cooler to me to do that because you're using nature to get yourself through nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just something uh, not wild, but just natural about that. Your the secondary plan that you had. Well, I don't want to show off, but I think you know. There's times I've whittled out a pair of skis too. You what? I've whittled a pair of skis from. Oh, I just took a tree, chopped it down, and whittled. you have. Oh, of course not. Skis. I was being, I was pulling your leg. Well, you're so trusting. 
No, I'm being totally facetious. All right. Moving and on. Moving on. <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, that's coming up in, in, in springtime. I'm getting super jacked. I know my hopes are going to be dashed by the weather a couple times. The weather and here I'm going to have a surgery in a couple of weeks or so. Hopefully. Oh, hopefully. So you're the only person that says hopefully you're having a surgery, by the way. Yeah, I just want to do it and get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then recover from it. So mm -hmm. it might be we might be well into a spring by that time. And this is the last of the big C surgeries. Yes. The last uh, one. The last one. The last no, one. No no more uh, hospitals. No more Um Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. So we'll see. But uh, so we're actually might have video of you hiking with your uh, T-Rex arms. I was going to say hiking with you with your tits out. <laughs> you said T and my mom would talk about breast cancer or we were, you and I had that in our minds. And then T. <laughs> so I went uh, straight I, up. I think tits. the titties will be out. <laughs> sure. Why not? I'll sport them. I fucking earned them. <laughs> She had an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, the hard way. The hard way. Yeah. You had to wreck the car first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know what? I had another rant. Yes. But I've already went on one, and I don't think I should do two rants in any one podcast. So I think it's... Uh, I'm right. Yeah, I'm right. You're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> Um, you're actually right because I think uh, it's nice to finish things on a happy note. Exactly. Rather than on a mean, disgruntled, angry, you know, or bad spirits. That's true. And you know, it's the funniest part is speaking of happy notes, uh, we have been recording footage and getting pictures of our trips since forever. Forever. And okay, tell me exactly when. When we... I haven't gone all the way back, but I'm sure there's stuff from the Bozeman days. I know oh. there's stuff from the Bozeman days. That would... Old, uh, old school. That's when you had your Blackberry. Uh-huh. Is that called Blackberry? Yeah, no. I had a Blackberry. That, yeah. Mm. So did you have... I know you had photos, but did you have videos on there as well? Yeah, a few. It was before videos. I uh, My Nikon D100, which I did have in Bozeman, was my first camera capable of so recording those, uh, the those contents may not be uh, very, you know... Um, flattering? Flattering. <laughs> or they might be very old technologically. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it'd be nice for you and I just to, you know, relive. relive and reminisce and, you know, see what we did. But it's also nice to see the progression of mm. uh, everything you've had. Well, and some of these old memories I've been putting on mountainmisfits.com. So I've been kind of going on the Wayback Machine. So I just put up a video and a few images from our trip to I have Glenlake. to say that was thoroughly slick red. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional. You see how I just... Nice. Nice segue. The canoe was going that way. Then we're back on course. All right. Yeah. But no, I've been doing this. And you're talking about reliving old memories. And I'm putting those up on mountainmisfits.com. And I relive those memories. Yeah. And if anyone wants to check them out and you can get an idea of some of these hikes and these trips, and if you want to take themselves or just live vicariously, go to mountainmisfits.com and check them out. 
Definitely go check it there. out. Check it out. Check it out. We're also on all major social media out- outlets, but you know, we uh, we I guess we prefer you go to the website, right? Is that where you want? Well, to- I, they'll check it out, but you can also go to Facebook and see the same content or YouTube. 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 You get the video in four K. Yeah. Which is really higher cool. quality for higher quality. Go to YouTube, yeah. please. And That's thank right. you. So you just search for uh, us, MTN no. Misfits, yeah. on any of them, and you'll find us. But if you think you're a misfit, you do belong. You do belong. <laughs> this is your club. Yeah. And part of the club is, thank you for subscribing to this podcast. And if yeah. you would, please give us a five-star review. There's nothing but five-star. We don't want any of that four-star bullshit. <laughs> Okay, give us a four star. It's fine. No, I'll be coming after you if you give That's us anything right. less than five stars. She has connections. You're not that anonymous. <laughs> uh, or just write a quick review and maybe it's what we're doing good or what we could improve or what you would like to see. Yeah, sure. You know, all that feedback is warranted. So this is Monday. Yeah. We're going to put this out on a Monday and we put out a podcast. Out on a Monday? Yeah, it'll be out tonight. Oh, Oh, yeah. wow. We're wrapping turnaround around this nice. joint. Nice. We're not nice. sitting on I thought you misspoke, so I had to stop you. I, I mean, I don't mean to stop you from talking. I just thought you misspoke. And then, so I just had to kind of try to, because if people are listening. I meant Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, Monday for sure. All right. So you're going to put it out in a couple hours. Yeah, it's going to be out in a couple hours so people can see this bad boy, because there's no editing going on in this B. It's just straight. In just, this B? That's right, I'm being hip. <laughs> Since when you started to talk um, like your 70-year-old mother. <laughs> oh, sorry. You won't be such a C. <laughs> she's not 70. She's 60-something, right? Oh, she's 70? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. We won't disclose mama's age. Maybe, yeah, but, maybe in the next episode we'll talk about why, she, you know, what she's talking about when she says a B or a C. I'm sure you can guess. I'm sure we can guess. Yes. But she's a very proper lady. Just don't be a C word about it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Yeah. And we will speak with you next week about a new adventure. And we're going to add in some new wrinkles. This thing's evolving. So I got some more ideas. So bear with us because... uh, It's going to get better and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be cooler, I promise. We are going to be cool. (laughs) All righty. So that's it for Mountain Misfits. That's it. You did awesome. You did awesome too.